You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 91 with Beth McCord. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I am so excited to have Beth McCord back on the show today. So if you missed the replay from last week, where we talk about all the basics of all the types, make sure to go back there if you don't understand just the numbers and the foundations of them all. If you do, then you are going to enjoy this show because we're going to talk about parenting today. And I think it's going to be surprising what she tells us in regards to being better parents using the Enneagram. So for me, I know that like I've been trying to figure out my oldest Enneagram type, and I think she might be a one, but not quite sure. And I think it can be a little bit challenging when they're not the same type as you. And you're trying to figure out why are you responding this way? Or why are you doing things this way? So I think the more that you understand yourself as well, the better it is. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. And next week, we're going to have Beth on and we're going to talk about the Enneagram in the workplace. So if that means that you go to work, or if you're a business owner, and you're dealing with clients, it's going to be so helpful. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to share it and you can tag me on Instagram and tag Beth McCord. Uh, We would love to see that you're enjoying these episodes. All right, let's go to the show. Hey, Beth, welcome back to the Mom Inspired Show for the two-part Enneagram series. Yeah, thanks for having me back. This is great. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you back. We just finished up our coaching with you and um, I feel like we learned so much and I just know that I feel like the Enneagram is really blowing up. I'm sure you have already experienced that in the past few years, but around me, I feel like people are just kind of like, yeah, the Enneagram, the Enneagram. And I just feel like people are talking about it more as if it's a second language. Have you noticed that at all? I have. It's it's great and relieving because since I've been using it for the last 15 years and uh, for the most part, kind of quietly, because a lot of people didn't know what it was or if they heard about it, they're like, what is this thing? You know, now it's like, okay, finally, I can like talk openly about this and really enjoy it with everyone. Yeah, no, I I, I think it's so fun. Um, my husband and I, you know, Todd, but you know, Todd, but the, the audience doesn't know Todd. Um, we were driving with um, <clears throat> my brother-in-law to Chattanooga and he knows the Enneagram too. So we were just all talking about our Enneagram numbers and, um, you know, kind of like, where do we go when we're stressed and all that stuff. So it was just really fun to just be able to talk about it like that mm-hmm. and to really understand each other better in that way. So, yeah. um, well, I wanted to jump into, um, my icebreaker, which we've done before and, um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to change it up a little bit. Um, since you've been on the show and since I think the last time you've been on, yeah, I've become a travel agent. So, now I'm really loving to ask the questions, not only where is your favorite va- vacation destination, but what is on your bucket list? So um, mm. how about you share with us what is on your bucket list and why is it at the top and um, what what made you decide that you want to go there? Gosh, you're asking a nine. These are like the hardest questions for oh. a nine. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. Because um, I'm sitting there going, uh, I don't know. Where do you want to go? No. <laughs> don't feel bad. That's funny. Yeah, because nine's yeah. right. They want to ask where, okay, well, I want to go go to Croatia. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, there we go. No. <laughs> um, I probably would say if I could just hop on a plane, I would love to go to San Francisco. Um, like Jeff and I go to San Francisco and I could show him around. So I was born there um, and my mom um, live just north of there. And we've gone several times just, you know, as vacations, cause that's where she's from. And it's great because she kind of knows where to take us and how to have like real fun in the city. And it's such a beautiful place. Um, so if I could just jump on a plane right now, I would probably say San Francisco. 
Um, but my, so, and that probably, I wouldn't say it's my favorite place, though. It is a pretty amazing place. We go to, um, a fly fishing place twice a year, um, deep in the Ozarks. And I love it because it's just super serene. You literally have no cell phone connection. So you're kind of cut off from society, which is really nice. Um, and you're just there with your family and with the river and the waterfall and the grits mill and good food. Um, I just love that because it just allows me to have a real vacation and just kind of downtime. Yeah, I know. And I remember you saying that and it always sounds amazing. I don't think I remembered that it was in the Ozark because have you watched the Netflix series Ozark? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's now why I'm familiar with that word. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, that's not what we experienced, but. (laughs) People, if they're not listening, if they've never heard the uh, Netflix series Ozark, they're probably like, what are you talking about? Um, So, yeah, yeah. It's disturbing. It's all about um, drug trafficking or whatever. I don't even know because I'm not familiar with all that term, terminology. So um, anyway, but yeah, I love San Francisco. We went there for our 15 year anniversary and Todd wanted to do a segue. So let me tell you, learning how to do a segue <laughs> in San Francisco feels like yes. you're going to die. <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know where I want to go? Um, I would love to go to Sausalito. Um, oh my gosh. That's like, oh, that is my favorite place there. Cause it is. Okay. If you go to Sausalito, which yeah, let's for talk people about that. that don't mm-hmm. know this, you go across the Golden Gate Bridge and um, it literally sits on the bay looking overlooking San Francisco. So you're literally looking towards the city and it's just breathtaking, you know? So if you can get a sandwich at a deli and then sit at one of the piers and just overlook Mm -hmm. the bay, it's just amazing. Yeah. I really want to go. Now, would you say that you would stay there or would you stay in the city and just do a day trip to Sausalito? I, well, I mean, okay. So I would typically stay in the city, but now that there's Airbnbs, I don't know how much they would be over in Sausalito. Right. But boy, that sounds really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, and it's all boats, right? Like there's a lot of houseboats there. There are. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'm just trying to paint a picture for people who don't know what we're talking about. So, well, I, you know me, I can talk about travel forever, but um, how about we just jump into the episode? So you guys, if you missed last week's episode, which would be running during the 4th of July, I'm replaying Beth's original Enneagram episode so that people could just get caught up on the Enneagram and get the basics of, you know, what are all the types. So make sure you go there because that probably will make more sense listening to this episode if you've listened to the one before this. Um, But if you guys didn't get a chance and you just want to stay here, that's totally fine. Um, Beth, how about we just jump in and have you tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, your name, uh, where you're from, and how many kids you have. And then we'll do a quick uh, summary again of how you got to where you are today with Enneagram. Yeah. So obviously Beth McCord live in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, which is just South of Nashville. Um, we've lived here for about four and a half years. Um, I'm originally from Kansas city, uh, been married to Jeff for 23 years. We got married when we were 20, went to the university of Kansas where we met. Um, and then we went on our pilgrimage to normal, Illinois, where we were with the Navigators and did uh, campus ministry with um, them at Illinois State University. And that's where we were a part of a church that sent us to Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis. And we were there for four years. Um, And then when we're done there, the Lord um, graciously took us back to Kansas City uh, for two years where Jeff was an assistant pastor. So my kids who were at the time three and five got to really get to know their grandparents and spend lots of great quality time with them. Um, and that's where I really started to dive into the Enneagram. I had was 
told about it when we were at seminary, but I really started digging in um, in about 2003. Um, then we moved back to normal Illinois and were there for about eight and a half years and then moved here. So during that time, um, again, like I've been using the Enneagram for 15 years and just doing a lot of studying and different courses and stuff like that. But I, being a good old type nine, I kind of kept it quiet and used it with a few people. Um, but it was in those few people where we really took it to the next level of how do we um, take this through the lens of the gospel? How can we see this from a biblical viewpoint and use it to help us to navigate our heart? Because God you know, he cares about our heart, you know, and where our heart is. And it's the overflow of the heart um, that comes out. And so how do I navigate my heart if I don't even know why it's doing what it's doing? So the Enneagram has really helped us to know, oh, okay, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And or I'm doing well, or I'm not doing well, I'm in line with the gospel, or I'm not. But the great news of the gospel is no matter where we're at, the gospel is still true and we are safe as his beloved child because Christ accomplished everything for us. So by resting in his accomplishments, we can take a deeper look into the not so great parts of ourselves and also the wonderful attributes that God has given us and to be honest with it and to allow the Holy Spirit to move and shape um, and change and transform us. Yeah, I love that. And, <clears throat> you know, as some people will have figured out if they are, have been, you know, following different people with the Enneagram and stuff like that. Not everybody speaks about the gospel with the Enneagram. And that's what I really love about you. So, you know, people could listen to it and it'd be very um, secular, right? You know, that it's just, mm -hmm. you know, people can just, I guess, use it however, you know, they mm -hmm. feel. So um, we really kind of rein it in and talk about uh, the Christian aspect of the Enneagram and how it can work. So um, I love that you mentioned all that. So after, you know, working with you and understanding the Enneagram better, um, Todd and I have been able to figure out our types and just kind of, you know, learn more about our strengths, our weaknesses. Uh, he's a one. I'm, I don't know what, I, I'm not sure what his wing is yet, but um, I'm a two with a wing of three, when, which I newly have figured out. Uh, but I have to say, it's been a little bit challenging to figure out what our four and seven-year-old um, are. And that's why I wanted to bring you back on is just to talk about Enneagrams with parenting and trying to figure out how can we use this best when it comes to parenting and helping our children. Um, I think Skyla, who's my seven-year-old, maybe a one, but I'm not sure. Um, so what would you recommend to figuring out a child's type? And how old would you say that you really start to know when their type really shows up? Like what age do you mm -hmm. see? do you see that happening? Yeah, that's a great question. I get it um, often. And that was the same question I had. Um, so when I was introduced to the Enneagram, my children were one and three at the time. When I started to really dig in, they were three and five. So they were still really young. Um, but I was like, can someone please give me a manual for each of these children? <laughs> like, how am I supposed to, I, you know, you got all these parenting books, but you're like, yeah, that's nice and all. But what about you know, Nate, how do I raise Nate? How do I raise Libby? Um, specifically, you know, and honor who they are and honor God. Um, and there's no manual out there. So it was so frustrating. I don't know. All of the moms are like, yes, you know, um, but the Enneagram really shed, helped to shed light on that. There are nine basic styles of relating and seeing and perceiving the world. Um, and we're born with our type at the same time, 
when we're children, we are very moldable. Now that doesn't mean we'll change into like we become a different type, but we're, we're not this rigid, solid type yet. And so we take on a lot of aspects of all the other nine types, which makes it really hard to land on someone's main type. And, and in fact, you really cannot name your children from the outside. You have to know their heart and that's really impossible until they're older. Um, so what I did was, you know, I was always trying to figure out their types by ask, even asking them questions to try to pull it apart. So Nate, um, wouldn't, well, okay, well, let me start with this. One thing you can do that is helpful is eliminate types that you're pretty sure they're not. Um, so for instance, I was pretty sure Nate was not an eight or a five or a four, um, a three, we're pretty sure he's not a nine or a seven. And it kind of left us with thinking, okay, well, I think he's a one, two or a six, um, but still holding it loosely. But even like when he was nine, you know, here I've been using it for a couple of years and I would still ask him questions. Okay, Nate, you are super kind to those kids. Is it because you're doing it because it's the right thing to do or because you just really want to be loving and kind? And he kind of looked at me like, Yes, kind of like answering them both. Answering and I'm like, them ah. all. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, oh, you're killing me. Just tell me what type you you're are. like. You're two uh, with a wing of one. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then over time, as he started to grow older, and I saw different attributes, I saw him being cautious, mm-hmm. loyal. Um, but then there would be things um, like he would be playing with, you know, he's a very extra, he still is very extroverted. Um, and so he'd be playing with neighbors that we were kind of new in the neighborhood and they were a little bit older. And I thought, oh, great. He has some friends. And then a couple times later he came home and he's like, I'm done. I'm not playing with him ever again. And I'm like, wait, what? This extroverted kid is putting down really strong um, boundaries. And so again, I thought one, you know, he's principled. Um But over time, again, all of these things kept floating in and out. And there's a lot of layers to the Enneagram. So now it all makes sense to me, but I do not have time to explain all of them. Um, (laughs) But he does use a lot of all three of those types, which again, I can't explain because if everyone looked at the symbol, they'd be like, but they don't touch. And and anyway, Um, but what I learned is, is when he was about 13 and 14, because we had talked so much about our inner world and emotional intelligence, like showing them how to have an emotional intelligence by doing our own work, my husband and I, it allowed him when he was that age, though he's also kind of a mature guy anyway, just just by who he is. You know how some people are old souls. Right. Um, yep. He was able at 13, we, were, we did a test and it came up that he was a six. Now, all tests on the Enneagram are only about 75, 85% accurate, even if you pay for them. Um, and the reason is because they're trying to navigate your internal world. And if you don't know your internal world well, you're not going to be able to um, answer it accurately. So it's just use the any of the assessments as um, like a, a guide. guiding post. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so when he took it, it was like, huh, okay, so let's talk about this, Nate. And so we would talk and, you know, now he's 13 and he's able to know his heart a little bit more. Um, And like I said, he's an old soul. So we would just ask really um, intriguing and and questions about, okay, well, is this your core fear? Is this your core desire? Is this why you do what you do? And I really still was like, I don't know, I think he might be one. But then as he read about it, he's like, oh, no, this is totally me. And it was great because it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, he's naming himself and we want our children to name their type and to clarify for us why they think it's, 
you know, them. Um, but it gave us insight into really who he was. Now, the interesting thing with Libby, when she was, she, we waited till she was more like 14 or 15. Um, and she took the test and it came up as a two. And I thought she was either a nine or a two, but I wasn't sure. And I was leaning more towards nine um, because her and I had a lot of similarities. Well, she came up as two and I was like, and she read it and she's like, oh my gosh, this is totally me, you know, and kind of like how all of us respond, like, this is creepy. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> really? It's like, you know, and she's yeah. like, yeah. And she's explaining how this is like her and this is like her. And I was like, wow, that's so intriguing because from the outside, I was seeing more nine, but um, she was taking on more of the aspects of me because I'm a type nine. Oh, so interesting. Yep. Yeah. And so we really need to be careful when we're typing our kids, how much are the, that we don't know, they're really taking on our attributes at a young age. Um, and so what happened, and this is what will be really helpful for parents is, and I'm sorry that you have to wait, but <laughs> um, when they become teenagers, you know, this happens to most parents, they're like raising their kids like, oh, our kids are following our lead for the most part. And then all of a sudden they hit the teenagers and they're like some totally different person. And it's like, what just happened? Well, it's probably because their personality is a very different personality than yours. And they're trying to break free. We, my husband and I talk about parenting um, being like a rocket on a launching pad. We're the launching pad and we're building this rocket. And then mm. at some point they have yeah. to like get out into they the atmosphere. Off. Right. Well, guess what? They burn a lot of fuel and <laughs> decimate the <laughs> launching pad. I love that analogy. <laughs> we want them to to take off. We want them to be them. But what happens is because we thought they were one way, and then all of a sudden they're a totally different way, there's like something's wrong, what happened, et cetera, et cetera. And it might just be that they're really coming into their own. And we need to reevaluate and try to understand who they really are. Versus just trying to be the good little boy or little girl who was um, merging with us and our personality and styles. So when Libby became more of a teenager, um, about a you know within that year or two after that, I was like, oh, there's your two. Like, I totally see how we're not anything alike. You know, she loves to bake and make things. Like she loves to make macaroons, which are really hard to make. Yes, they are. And my nine just wants to like go can we please not make things complicated? Like, can we just go make, like buy them? Simple. And she's yeah. like, yeah, oh, no, you have to make them from scratch, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're killing me. <laughs> Cause the, the thought of the mess and the chaos, you know, for the nine, just in some nines love to, to bake. But for me, I'm just like, oh, um, and so, but then at the same time, I'm like, okay, this is how God has made her. This is her desire. It's how she expresses love to others. And so I need to learn how to bend with her and her with me. So we come up with solutions of, okay, so here's where I get <laughs> concerned and this is how you thrive. So let's do it this way. And that's where we can have those conversations. She knows that mom doesn't like a big mess and that I have to end up cleaning it up, you know, um, and so how can she be the best her, but also navigate um, our two personalities? So I, what I would say is, yes, you can eliminate certain personalities and, and finding your kids when they're younger, um, but be just be mindful and careful that you, you're not so, oh, I know my kids, you know, because here I thought right. I, I knew my kids and I was studying it all the time yeah. and studying them. And so just to hold it very loosely, to allow God to, um, I mean, if God wanted you to know, he would have made it known early, but he wants us to, to really 
um, depend on him and to surrender and to trust him that, yes, we're all going to mess up our kids. That's just part of the living in the fall. (laughs) And he can restore and renew all things. And when we do our own work in meaning, knowing who we are, growing, uh, relying on what is true, um, then we will be much better parents no matter what our children are like. And I think that's where a lot of parents get stuck is they want their kids to be so much like them, which in and of itself isn't wrong. But as they become older and they start to launch off into space and they're becoming themselves, to take a step back and go, this isn't a reflection on me and if I'm a good parent or a bad parent, how can I come alongside and support them now that I, I'm getting to know them for who they really are. And I think that's probably what's most important. Yeah. Well, and, you know, even as you were saying about it too, um, I think I'm, so I'm a tube, right? But I would also feel the same way about having the kitchen cleaned up. I also think that's probably just being a mom and it, the kitchen is right. dirty 500 times in a day and you're just like, I'm done. And so um, even you know, cause I want people to realize that even if they are the same number, that they're not going to be the same exact person, um, as someone else that is the same number. Right. Um, but you know, you said that she loves gift giving and then so do I. So even in that, you didn't say that on this episode, but, um, when we have talked and, and I relate to that, but the baking so much, yeah, I don't know if I'd want, I wouldn't want to do like really complicated baking, but I didn't grow up baking and doing things from yeah. scratch. So I think that also changes that. And and baking is a whole different beast than just cooking too. So exactly. I think, so I feel like your brain, you know, has to be wired. Maybe she's a little bit more mechanical thinking too. So I feel like it's so complex. And even if you are the same exact number that you yeah. may have a lot of things that are different. Um, and I love how you're saying that we really need to know ourselves, right? And yeah. And what's going on with us. So what would you say in order for us to be the best parents, um, what, what do we need to do for our kids? Like in regards to ourselves? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is to recognize that all of us are wired in a very specific way. So we have a basic main Enneagram type, which means we see the world from a very specific perspective and other people of other types are not seeing the world the the way we see it. And so we get irritated and frustrated and like, why can't you guys just do it the way it's the right way or my way or, um, and it's because they don't see the world that way. So two things, we need to know our own perspective and why we are motivated in very specific ways. So the last episode, we talked about core fears and core desires and what is propelling us in thinking, feeling, and behaving in particular ways. So understanding that, but then also understanding why other people would do what they do. And it's not to give anyone an excuse or a pass. It's just understanding and having compassion and um, and mercy and forgiveness when needed. And also to have clarifying questions. Um, because what we usually do is we commit a suicide where we assume people are going to do it the way we think they should do it and they don't. And then we commit a suicide where we kill the relationship based off assumptions. If we can um, backtrack. And before we commit a suicide, we might assume something, but we need to ask clarifying questions because if they saw it from a completely different perspective or their heart's intent was a different, uh, mode versus what we were assuming, then we need to know that. Um, so, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example, you know, like a lot of times our uh, parents will get frustrated with their kids because, um, like, okay, here's an example. So as a type nine, one of the core messages that a a lie that 
a nine says to themselves is that their presence doesn't matter, that they're not important, that their voice doesn't matter. That's a common running theme within them. Now, my kids don't ever think that of me. They love me, they respect me, um, but I can interpret their actions as if they're saying, mom, your presence doesn't matter, or I don't care about you. And then I can kind of fly off the handle as if they had said it because I committed a suicide. So let's, let's say if I said, okay, guys, I want you to clean the dishes today. And I go upstairs and I do work and I come down four or five hours later and it's not done yet. I feel like I wasn't heard. They don't care, et cetera, et cetera. So I've just committed a suicide where if I ask them, they're like, oh no, yeah, we're totally going to do it. Mom, your presence matters. Your voice matters. We just are teenagers and we're just watching TV and we're, we were going to get to it later. And I assumed, because I didn't clarify, hey, I want you guys to do this in the next hour, then my assumption, I put on them that they didn't care. And that's just not accurate. So by recognizing myself, what, how I get tripped up and why, I can then go, okay, when I come downstairs the next time, I can go, okay, the dishes aren't done. What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Okay, I'm feeling like I'm not heard. I feel like um, I, I don't matter to them. But is that true? Because they've said that's not true, and I need to ask clarifying questions. Hey, guys, is there a reason why you haven't done the dishes when I asked you to? And hearing their perspective. And that doesn't mean I don't um, appropriately parent in that moment, or maybe I did give them instructions and they didn't listen and I don't discipline them. But it's always good to hear their heart first and to know that there's a place for them to express themselves and for me to gain understanding before I just... Um, get upset with with them. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Amber and you've been hearing me talk all about travel and I am so passionate about helping families create memories through intentional travel planning. I know it's summertime and it might not even be on your radar for fall break or Christmas break, but it's just around the corner. It's a perfect time to go to Disney, Mexico, or even a Caribbean cruise. So if you don't have plans yet for those school breaks, I invite you to set up an appointment with me. It's completely free, both for the consultation call so that we can talk about what your plans are, what your dreams are, and put them into action. And it's also completely free to use my services to allow me to come alongside and help you make these plans a reality. So to book your time with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash contact. Now let's get back to the show. I wanted to ask you if someone is struggling with their child and it may mm -hmm. be that they're the same type, right? Because sometimes it happens yeah. when you are the same type and you see mm. in yourself, um, yes. your child, mm. um, what, and, and maybe they're not the same type and they're still struggling. Um, do you have any suggestions for that parent to kind of, you know, like you were saying, right. to not fly off the handle because they left the dishes out and stuff like that. But, you know, just having a personality where they're just struggling and they can even see like within other children that they're not having that same struggle. So there's something with that specific one, you know, that yeah. is like, what is this? Uh, like, what is your thoughts on that? Especially you have kids and stuff like that and, and you've coached mm -hmm. people. So any, yeah. any advice? Yeah, so I take people through, and which we did together, you and me and and Todd, um, through a five 
guided session. So it's called Exploring You. Um, and these guide sheets help you to understand your type more deeply and to walk through that um, from an observational standpoint, but then also to then use it in your everyday life. But we first have to observe why we do what we do. We have to understand that language and to see it happening in our life. And I, I talk about the Enneagram being a rumble strip in our life where, you know, kind of like on a highway, you you hear the rumble strip and you need to wake up and stay on your right path versus going off into the ditch. Um, so if we can use the Enneagram as a tool to wake ourselves up when we are heading in the wrong direction, we can then know how to navigate ourselves. But we also, once we do find our kids type, we, we want to know, okay, well, how do they operate and how can I understand them better? How can I be their coach or their mentor, um, their friend to come alongside and to guide them as well? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, my husband and my son are both the same type. They're both type sixes. And there will be things that my son will do that my husband assumes, oh, well, I know exactly why he's doing that. Well, even though they're the same type, that doesn't mean they always are doing it for the same motivations and reasons or the same health. Like maybe my son is at a healthier place than when my husband was that age and he's doing it for a different reason. Um, and so we can over assess based off of, oh, I know you, you know, and we don't. So <laughs> right. again, asking clarifying questions is always important um, before we make that assumption and um, approach our kids from based off the assumption, because it can be very damaging. You know, it's, it, it, I know a lot of kids are like, I don't feel heard. I don't feel respected. I don't feel like my parents get me. And it's because we're committing a suicide all the time. So that would be the biggest thing is one, getting to know yourself first and foremost. Um, and not just reading a book because we can all read books. It's literally implementing it in your life. That's the key. Um, so getting a good coach or even a therapist that knows the Enneagram to walk you through that, but then taking the time to really study your kids and knowing their type and asking about them, you know, just being intrigued, intrigued by them and asking them, how can I support you? How can I help you? Um, cause different types will feel differently. Type fours always feel misunderstood. Um, and so how can a parent of a type four really come alongside them and, sh and at least demonstrate, I'm really trying to understand. I know I probably won't ever really understand what you're feeling, but I'm trying. And can you show me how to, to do it even better? So those would be kind of some of the things I would um, suggest. Yeah, no, I think those are great. And I, you guys, I would highly recommend reaching out to Beth. Um, she has amazing coaching programs and they vary. And, um, you know, if you want to do it with your spouse or if you want to do it by yourself, um, just kind of like what she was saying. So if you really love this stuff and you really want to dive in more, I would highly recommend it. And Beth, as we wrap up, uh, part one of the series. Um, you guys can find Beth's info in the mom at mominspiredshow.com and I will put all her links in the show notes. So Beth, I will see you next week to talk about knowing our Enneagram in a work setting. Sounds good. Hey, you guys, would you like to have every podcast episode in your inbox on Tuesday? That way you don't have to go search for it or have to remember that, hey, a new Mom Inspired Show has aired today. You can have that. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com and subscribe. If you're looking at it on your phone, just scroll to the bottom, enter your name and your email. If you're looking at it on your computer, it's going to be on the right-hand side. That way you won't miss an episode. And I'm also going to start including travel tips every week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll see you next week.